www.kcoo.org to contact us and give us your ideas. What's up, everyone? It's Greg McVicker, creator of Undercurrents, and this is KBOO 90.7 Portland. You can follow KBOO on all your social media platforms. Just look for KBOO on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Get access to our new content and news, as well as special offers and contests. Like and share your favorite community radio station, KBOO. This is Medea Benjamin. I hope you listen to Community Radio, KBOO 90.7. The following audio is a press conference held on Monday, October 30th, 2023 in Portland, Oregon, outside the office of Senator Jeff Merkley. The press conference was held by Portland Jews and Palestinians whose families in Israel and Gaza were directly impacted by the current escalation. They held the press conference following the release of a joint Palestinian-Jewish statement signed by a number of prominent Palestinians and Jews from Portland calling for a ceasefire and humanitarian corridor for Gaza. Afternoon, everybody. Thank you for coming out. Notice I said afternoon and not good afternoon, because indeed it is not a good afternoon. It has not been good since October 7th. And for Palestinians, it has not been good since 1948 and since 1967. We are Palestinian Americans, uh, Jewish Americans, who stand here side by side and hand by hand to speak with one voice, and that voice is clear. It says to Senator Merkley, demand a ceasefire now. Every 15 minutes that goes by, a Palestinian child is killed in Gaza. Every 15 minutes that you choose not to demand a ceasefire, another Palestinian child dies. We ask Senator Merkley to work for a humanitarian aid, a clear and open path for humanitarian aid to Palestinians in Gaza. They need water, they need electricity, they need food. They are being starved to death by the state of Israel. We say to Senator Merkley, please do not align yourself with the war criminal Netanyahu. Find your conscience, Senator Merkley. We ask and we speak with one voice, seeking the release of all hostages that Hamas has. We say this as Palestinians, that the suffering that we have gone through, we do not want to see Israeli children, innocent people, innocent Israelis, 
to go through the same thing. We demand that all hostages be released. We want to ask Senator Merkley, why? Why do you not demand an absolute immediate ceasefire now when the United Nations has demanded it, when the Pope has demanded it, when you have journalists getting killed, children getting killed, hospitals being bombed, war crimes being committed? We ask you, Senator Merkley, demand an immediate ceasefire now. Our first speaker is someone who has lived the horror of what it is to be Gazan. Na'el Saker has lost 39 members of his family in Gaza through the blanket bombing of Gaza that Israel is committing with the support of our tax dollars here in the U.S. Afternoon, everybody. Same what Hala said. We don't, we don't have a good afternoon. My name is Niall Saker. I born and raised in the big jail called Gaza City. Last week, I lost 39 people of my immediate family. My cousin, Laila, along with her sister, along with their husband, children, and grandchildren, all of them died in one rocket of, of our taxpayers that sent to Israel. I have another family member that I contact with them whenever chance. They have no food, they have no water. My, my nephew, last night when I called and he answered, he was crying, he said, I don't have any food or any water to feed my kids. He has four small, four young kids that he cannot feed. Bomb all over Gaza, massacre had been done genocide, ethnic cleansing, this is not fair. And all our office, uh, officials, they repeat, Israel has the right to defend itself. Is killing people, is defending itself. Is cutting water and food and medicine. My sister is dependent on insulin. And imagine for the last 20 days, she has no insulin, how she can live. Think about the people that have cancer or they have um, kidney dialysis, what they can do. It's a horrible situation. We demand a ceasefire now. We demand an, an immediate human corridor to open and to bring food and water and, and uh, medicine to the, to the people of Gaza. I think that's all I can, do, I can see. Thank you. Our next speaker is Rabbi Benjamin Barnett. Since 2017, Rabbi Benjamin Barnett has served as Rabbi of Habara Shalom, a Reconstructionist Jewish community in Portland. I'm the Rabbi of Habara Shalom here in Portland. And while I know many in my community are aligned with me in what I'll say, I speak here in this moment for myself. I'm not Israeli. And so I'm not living with the agony and the grief and the fear that so many people who I know are right now. But I've lived in Israel for close to three years of my life. I have deep connections there, have family and friends with whom I've been in touch over these days. The massacre and kidnappings carried out by Hamas, which killed 1,400 Israelis and took over 230 captive, as we all here agree, were unspeakable atrocities. As a community leader, I support and accompany many people with close ties to Israel, some of them much closer than mine, immediate family members, 
dozens of extended family and dear friends. Members of my community lost loved ones and had loved ones taken captive. In addition to the reverberations from Israel, we have witnessed expressions of support and even celebration of Hamas's actions, as well as other terrifying scenes of anti-Semitic threats and actual violence carried out in recent days, which leave Jewish communities around the world legitimately afraid for our safety. All this in the context of the very real generational trauma that we as Jews carry collectively, and that so many of us, including many of us right here in Portland, carry personally through our own family's stories has left me feeling that something has been shattered among our people. It has been heartbreaking to witness and accompany my community in this time. And during my years of living in Israel, I have also spent extensive time in Palestinian communities in the West Bank. I have been honored to have Palestinian people, teachers, social workers, businessmen, university students, share their stories with me in schools, in their living rooms, and I made the commitment early on that I would not take those stories lightly. I hold them with me now as I do my best, as horrific as it is, to conjure in my mind and heart what life is like right now in Gaza. Not that I should need those experiences, those encounters in Ramallah, in Beit Sahur, in Budras, watching the images, reading the stories from people like Nael, and tragically so many others who have had so much taken from them who are living this utter nightmare right now as we speak. Over 8,000 people killed, over 3,000 children, all in the context of an unimaginable humanitarian catastrophe. Neighborhoods reduced to rubble, people left without sufficient water, food, basic medical care. And it brings me face to face with what I believe to be at the very heart of Jewish tradition that all human beings are created B'Tselem Elohim in the image of God. This core orienting principle that all human life, all human life is sacred and precious. We are being asked to hold many truths at the same time right now, but these I cannot, I will not hold together the sacredness of human life and the unspeakable atrocities happening in this very moment in Gaza. And so I stand here alongside fellow Jews and our Palestinian friends and unequivocally call for an immediate ceasefire and an immediate return of the hostages. Many in the Jewish community feel differently. Some validly ask out of a place of fear and, and genuine agony, well, what is Israel supposed to do in response to Hamas? To which I ask in return, what do we really envision happening at the end of this? I have yet to hear anyone provide a reasonable strategic path to how this will make Israel any safer in the long run. How will this not result in a more violent and rage-filled resistance movement that will not make Israel safer, but actually the opposite? So I say, from a moral human place, and also with Ahavat Yisrael, with love for my people, ceasefire now, immediate return of hostages, international engagement and cooperation toward a path to genuine safety and freedom for Israelis and Palestinians. As this is a fragile time in the Jewish community filled with fear and grief and anger, it is to say the least that as well for Palestinians throughout the world. So it is powerful to be standing here today with our Palestinian partners together as Jews and Palestinians 
with a shared voice recognizing that the safety, the freedom, and the dignity of Palestinians and Israelis are intertwined. May we live to see the day when we all share in that vision. Let us begin with an end to the violence now. Thank you. You're listening to a press conference in Portland, Oregon, held October 30th, 2023, at the offices of Jeff Merkley in Portland. The speakers are prominent Jewish and Palestinian leaders in Portland. I want to say as a Palestinian that we stand next to you and support you in helping you against the fear of true anti-Semitism that is running more rampant now because of Israel's actions. We understand the fear. We as Palestinians live fear. We understand and we don't want to minimize in any way, shape or form the horrific acts that Hamas has done that have led to more actions against um, Jews and against Israelis. We stand with you. We want you to know that you have in us a safe harbor, a safe harbor that says we as Palestinians will not put up with any kind of anti-Semitism. We ourselves are Semites, but I understand there is anti-Jewish Semitism that we are against. We want to see the hostages freed and brought home to their families. We Palestinians have suffered enough. We understand your pain. We don't want Israeli moms to not have their children home at night. We understand. And this is why it is so important for Senator Merkley to demand a ceasefire now so that they can work on getting those hostages home, the innocent children and women and men that need to go home to their families. And then we can focus on what happened to Palestinians 75 years ago, what happened to us in 67, what is happening on a daily basis under the apartheid Israel regime. Senator Merkley, it is a shame that you align yourself with Benjamin Netanyahu. Find the backbone to say, cease fire now. Stop the killing. The next person who is going to speak to you is someone who I've known for many, many years. Uh, Joel Bainan has worked for peace, justice, and equality for decades uh, between Palestinians and Israelis. Uh, Dr. Bainan is the Donald J. McLaughlin Professor of History and Professor of Middle East History Emeritus at Stanford University. He taught at Stanford from 1983 until his retirement in 2019. From 2006 to 2008, Dr. Bainan has served as Director of Middle East Studies and Professor of History at the American University in Cairo. In 2002, Dr. Bainan served as President of the Middle East Studies Association of North America. I refer to him as Joel, so allow me this. Joel and his wife lived in Israel from 1970 until 1973 when my family left the state of Israel to provide us a place where we would not be discriminated against, where we would not be second or third class citizens. Didn't work out so well sometimes, but for the most part. Uh, Dr. Bainan has returned for periods of extended residence and research many times since. 
His parents, brother, and sister emigrated to Israel in 1973. This hits really close to home for Joel Bainan. His brother's older, da older daughter, Liat, and her husband, Aviv, were members of kibbutz near Oz when it was attacked on October 7th. They have been taken hostage. Liat's older sister, Tal, lives in Portland. Please put your hands together for Dr. Joel Bainan. I'm here to join with my Palestinian friends and colleagues to say that Hamas's slaughter of Israeli civilians on October 7th was a heinous crime and that Israel's vengeful bombardment and assault on the civilian population of the Gaza Strip is a heinous crime. We are among the several dozen Portland area Palestinians and Jews who released a statement last week calling for a ceasefire the establishment of a humanitarian corridor, and the release of the 239 Israeli hostages. All of the academic qualifications that Hala introduced me with so generously are what I've done with much of my life uh, as an adult, but none of that is really why I'm here today. I'm here because uh, my niece, Liat, and her husband, Aviv, were taken hostage on October 7th and are presumed to be held in the Gaza Strip. How did that come about? My mother and father and brother and sister moved to Israel in 1973. My wife, Miriam, and I had left Israel earlier that year because we opposed the occupation of the Palestinian territories, the West Bank, East Jerusalem, and the Gaza Strip and I didn't want to serve in the Israeli army. I was not successful in convincing my family that moving to Israel was not a good idea. My parents died and are buried in Israel. My brother and sister continue to live there. Liad is my brother's older daughter, and she is 50 years old. His younger daughter, Tal, left Israel in 2014 and lives here in Portland. Liat and Aviv have lived on kibbutz near Oz, very close to the border of the Gaza Strip for about 25 years. Liat is a high school teacher and a guide at the Yad Vashem World Holocaust Remembrance Center in Jerusalem. Aviv manages the garage of the kibbutz, which also serves as a regional center for the maintenance and repair of heavy equipment, and he is also a metalwork artist. They have three grown children, Ofri, 22, Neta, 20, and Aya, 18. Niroz was one of the kibbutzim most heavily hit by Hamas on October 7th. A quarter of the roughly 385 residents were killed, taken hostage, or are missing. Israel was established in 1948 on the ruins of Palestinian society. 750,000 Palestinians were expelled or fled in fear for them from their homes and lands. In 1967, Israel occupied the West Bank, East Jerusalem, and the Gaza Strip, as well as the Egyptian Sinai Peninsula and Syrian Golan Heights. Even before the 1967 war was over, influential currents in Israeli society sought to annex all or part of those territories. Since 2007, Israel has imposed a harsh siege on the Gaza Strip illegally inflicting collective punishment 
on its 2.2 million inhabitants, about 70% of whom are refugees from the 1948 war. The siege is so severe that Israel actually counts the calories it allows into Gaza to ensure that people do not starve but are unable to flourish. The economy is crippled. About 50% of the population are unemployed. 70% are food insecure and rely on international assistance. The United Nations Conference on Trade and Development predicted that Gaza would become uninhabitable by 2020. None of this justifies the horrific massacre of civilians that Hamas carried out on October 7th. That was a war crime and it is utterly unacceptable by all moral standards. Hamas's actions, although undertaken in the name of resisting occupation, will not lead to the liberation of anyone. Hamas's actions on October 7th do not justify Israel's massive bombardment and ground assaults, which have led to over 8,000 deaths, 19,000 wounded, and at least 3,340 dead children, over 40% of all the dead in the Gaza Strip since October 7th are children. The mass murder of Palestinian civilians in the Gaza Strip is an illegal act of collective punishment and a war crime. It will not make Israeli Jews safer. I do not want one more Palestinian civilian to die in revenge for my family's pain. It must stop. Thank you. We have to ask our politicians, where is your humanity? How do you not demand a ceasefire immediately? Hearing what you just heard now, seeing what you see on the news, seeing dead Palestinian children, seeing dead Israelis, how do you choose to work with Netanyahu to blanket bomb Gaza? How do you choose that? How do you not pay attention to the pain of Jews here saying, we are in fear? How do you choose not to do the right thing, Senator Merkley? Mohammed Nabil is from Gaza himself. His family is experiencing the blanket bombing uh, that the state of Israel is forcing upon civilians in Gaza. So please come on up, Mohammed Nabil, and I apologize about the oversight. Thank you. Thank you, Hala. And I have to say that it's very comforting, comforting to be. It's very comforting to be among my friends and uh, the, my Jewish friends and my Palestinian friends and family here. I consider some of them and all of them are my family here in Portland. Let me start by introducing myself. My name is Mohammed. I arrived to Portland uh, 10 years ago. I'm originally a refugee in the Gaza Strip. My family has came from uh, Yaffa and from Ramla during the 1948 catastrophe that we call in Palestine the Nakba, which basically most of the Palestinians who live right now in Gaza are actually refugees. 70% of the Palestinians who live in Gaza right now are actually refugees from Palestine during the Nakba in 1948. Um, during since october 7 till now my family have been 
subject to extreme horror and extreme hardship that to, to find the words to describe it is impossible. I will do my best, but I genuinely could not find more words than when I was talking to my father yesterday and found my his voice is unable to be clear. I was asking him, what's happening? What was your voice? He was telling me that the air is full of rubble. Our voices, our breath is being congested. We cannot breathe very well. There is no water. There is no drinkable water in the house. The only way we can do it is by boiling the current water that we have in order to be able to drink it safely. He is not being able to sleep. He told me literally that we are able to sleep only because we fall down from being tired. And we walk in terror on a sound of bombardment every single minute. I was talking to my sister this morning and I was checking in and seeing what's happening. They told me that the, for the last four days, they did not have cooking gas in the family, in the house. The only way they're able to sustain 35 people in our small home who are, have seeking shelter from the Gaza Strip, from the northern side of Gaza, is by going around the destroyed homes and collecting the wooden furniture scraps and bringing them home and use them for firewood in order to cook food. This is the reality that's happening in Gaza. Over the last, I God knows how many days, I, I don't keep count, unfortunately, because I don't have the luxury to do that. But my neighbors have been subject to an extreme airstrike that took over their house all of their lives. The only survivor was like a six years old child that is unable to basically find love from now on because all of her family members have been taken. I wish I can find more words. The situation is dire. This earth strike took my 14 year old cousin's arm because on, his only crime is was being in the street while the airstrike was take, was hitting our neighbor's house. Food, fuel, medical supplies are rationed and basically non-existence. The news coming from home is that the med the healthcare the healthcare system in Gaza is collapsed. So it doesn't take a genius to dis to to realize that this situation is dire. And I have one question to Jeff Markley and our elected officials. Till now, we have more than 8,000 people in Gaza have lost their lives. We have more than 19 people have, have basically had their life being affected by being wounded. My question is like, how many more blood do we need to wait to see in order for you to take action. Our message is clear. We, we, we need ceasefire now, and we need humanitarian aid now, because people are dying and being martyred. Thank you. Thank you, Mohammed Nabil. So Senator Merkley, 
How can you listen to Muhammad Nabil talk about his family having to go get broken up furniture from the rubble of Gaza buildings in order to cook what little food they have? Are children less important to you because they are Palestinian? Are they worth less in your eyes? Because if you truly value Palestinian and Israeli children, if you truly value Palestinian and Jewish children the same, you would demand a ceasefire now, an immediate ceasefire. You would demand that full humanitarian aid be allowed in Gaza. We have a catastrophe that is happening right now. You've been listening to a press conference held in Portland, Oregon on October 30th, 2023, featuring several local Palestinian and Jewish leaders, including Na'el Saker, who lost 39 family members in the attack in Gaza. The press conference also included the voice of Joel Bainan, a Portland resident whose brother's oldest daughter and her husband were members of Kibbutz Nir Oz when it was attacked on October 7th and are still being held hostage in Gaza. Listening to KBOO 90.7 FM in Portland. Good morning and welcome to Film at 11 here on your community radio, KBOO Portland. As you know, KBOO is a volunteer powered community platform, which means we are funded by you, the listener. And October is our traditional membership drive, so please think about becoming a member today. Today, in a Halloween spirit, Matthew of KBOO's Gremlin Time joins us to revisit the foundational zombie film, White Zombie, with Bela Lugosi. We're going to be taking a deep dive into that film. Tis now the very witching time of night, when churchyards yawn, and hell itself breathes out contagion to this world. Now might we drink hot blood and do such deeds as hell itself quake to look upon. I don't want the classic horror films anymore. Today it's all giant box. 
Giant spiders, giant grasshoppers. Who would believe such nonsense? <laughs> the old ones were much spookier. They had castles, full moons. They were mythic. They had the poetry. 